I want to uh, continue our series, uh, The Church. The church is, in my view, an underestimated organism in the world. It's underestimated uh, by the world, but it is also, I believe, underestimated by those who are part of the church. We tend to allow things on the outside of us to inform us more than that which is inside us. We uh, tend to allow conditions and circumstances to affect us more. So I want to encourage you today that regardless of what you're going through, you're going to get through it. You will go through it because the one who is in you is greater than he who is in the world. And you are now the church of the living God. And the scripture is very clear that not just of God, but of the living God. There are many so-called gods in the earth, but you are a, a product. You are a son, a child of the living God. And the church is, is of the living God. Uh, now, I would like to just say that this theme that is running through our, our um, series is to God or to him be glory in the church by Christ Jesus or in Christ Jesus. Glory in the church in Christ Jesus. The, the English Standard Version reads it. The King James says by Christ Jesus. So the glory is coming to God in the church, not just only through the church, but in the church in Christ and by Christ to all generations forever and ever. And so what God is saying to you, he is making a promise that he will receive glory from generation to generation forever. So you and I are part of, if I may coin a word, the foreverness of God. So the eternality of God or the foreverness. So we will always bring God glory from this very moment in time and, and space forever. And so this is what we want you to, to get. So my top uh, subject today is glory that excels, glory that goes beyond the ordinary, goes beyond anything in this world, and goes beyond uh, anything uh, forever and ever. So that's what God wants to do. His, God's glory will supersede any and all glory from this moment forever and ever. And so in 2 Corinthians chapter 3, I would like to reiterate some things because uh, in order to get to my particular subject today, uh, 2 Corinthians chapter 3, I will uh, read uh, one verse, verse 12, and then I want to read verses 7 through 11 to give you an idea of what we're doing. Uh, in 2 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 12 says, therefore, since we have such hope, we use great boldness of speech. So Paul says, uh, since uh, therefore or because of what was said before we have such hope we use great boldness of speech and Paul is saying that we the people of God should not be shy now Paul was not shy in expressing the goodness of God the glory of God the power of God in very bold words and this is what we want to do today now what this message is designed to do is to show you who you are what you have with that and what you're able to do, who you are, who you are. And 
the best way to know who you are is in crises. When, when a crisis come and uh, we tend to think, oh, that person was made in the crisis. Absolutely not. That person was made before the crisis and was able to endure the crisis. So you and I are not made in crisis. We are revealed in crisis. So I want you as a, the body of Christ to be strong, be strong and powerful in the times of difficulties and distress. Now, uh, let's look at verses 7 through 11, because then we'll understand why Paul said, therefore, since we have such hope, we use great boldness of speech. 2 Corinthians 3, 7 says, but if the ministry of death, I want you to, to take note, ministry of death, but if the ministry of death written and engraved on stones, on the inanimate, on the lifeless, was glorious. So the the ministry of death was glorious. This is very, very powerful for believers to understand and to know. The ministry of death was speaking of the Old Testament, the Old Covenant, dealing with fleshly people, people who did not have God within. And it was dealing with sinners, uh, as it were. And they says it was glorious. That means it was recognized, that ministry was recognized as something that came from God. It was so glorious that the children of Israel could not look steadily at the face of Moses because of the glory of his countenance. They could not look at it. Moses had gone up uh, on Mount Sinai to talk with God, to get instructions from God, God. And when he came down by being in the presence of God, his face was a, a glowing. He had the presence of God on his face. He was actually reflecting God's glory in his face. And he says, uh, the children of Israel could not steadily look upon it. They were terrified to look upon his uh, countenance. Um, uh, the glory was so resplendent. And, and Paul tells us, which glory was passing away. Paul was saying what, was that when Moses was in the presence of God, he, he, his countenance was like God. He changed. Now, uh, th that was what happened with Jesus on the Mount of Transfiguration, but in a different sort of way. Uh, God showed Peter, James, and John the glory of God. And when Jesus was up there, his garments was white, like whiter than snow. His face was more brilliant than the sun. And Peter says they were looking at him, they were just mystified and as it were blown away to use a mod modern language. They, they were overwhelmed because they saw him in his glory. And, um, and so this way, Moses being in the presence of God, as it were, in the presence of Jesus, when he was looking like that in this great beauty, otherworldly beauty, then Moses uh, began to reflect that. It was a part of his passing uh, glory. And so, uh, Moses' face so reflected the glory of God uh, that uh, the children of Israel could not bear to look at its brilliance. Uh, now, but it was diminishing glory because it was reflected glory. It was diminishing, but reflected. Paul asks, how will, now since that's ministry uh, of death, uh, was, was glorious, he says, how will the ministry of the Spirit not be more glorious? So he, he talks about the, the, the uh, ministry of death, ministry of the Spirit. 
And um, he said, how shall it not be more glorious? Verse 9 says, for if the ministry of condemnation had glory, the ministry of righteousness exceeds much more in glory. So what Paul is doing, he is contrasting the Old Testament and the New. So there are a lot of believers, wonderful believers, who seem to think that that they should go back to being, as it were, Jewish, but the church is, is where, where God is working. Now, and the church is comprised of believing Jewish people or believing Jews and believing Gentiles. That's what the church is. We have both in the church. It's not one or the other. And therefore, to say this truth, to speak this truth, is never replacement. We're not trying to replace the Jews. We are a new mankind. So I'm saying this to you so that you don't despair when trouble arises. You don't despair when sickness comes. You don't despair when God doesn't do exactly what you think God ought to do. No, because we are the church of the living God. Jesus says, upon this rock, upon himself, I will build my church and the gates of Hades, all that Hades has, shall not prevail against my church. And so you are what we would call impregnable, impregnable, unconquerable, unbeatable, undefeatable, unshakable. That's who we really are by definition of God, of God who cannot lie. Wow. Cannot lie. It's not like God doesn't lie. God cannot lie. Yeah, it's impossible for God to lie. And he says, upon this rock, I will build my church and the gates of hell shall not prevail. No matter what it brings, it shall not prevail. Sickness shall not prevail. Terror shall not prevail. Pestilence shall not prevail against the church of the living God. Therefore, we must not define ourselves as the world would define us. We should not look upon ourselves as the world should, does look upon us. Amen. Amen. Now he goes on to say, for if the ministry of condemnation had glory, the ministry of righteousness exceeds much more in glory. For I say to you that unless, uh, uh, this is what uh, Jesus says, for I say to you that unless your righteousness exceeds the righteousness of the scribes and Pharisees, you will by no means enter the kingdom of heaven. Now Paul has said uh, that the ministry of condemnation had glory, Therefore, the ministry of righteousness exceeds much more in glory. So we take the words of Jesus from Matthew chapter 5. that says, for I say it to you that unless your righteousness exceeds the righteousness of the Pharisees, uh, you scribes and Pharisees, you will by no means enter the kingdom of heaven. What, what Jesus is saying in, in this particular text, he is saying in Matthew 5.20 that the righteousness that you and I have that, that it has been gifted to the church exceeds all that came before. Don't look back, look forward. Look to where God has for you. Don't, don't go by your feelings. Don't make decisions based on your feelings, but on what God has said about you. And so he, he tells us that we must not have the old economy righteousness, which was works righteousness, but we must have this imputed righteousness, the righteousness of Jesus Christ. And we do have the righteousness of Jesus Christ. Now to go back to, to uh, 2 Corinthians uh, 3.10, uh, it says, for even what was made glorious had no glory in this respect. And what Paul is comparing the old and the new or, and contrasting. 
mostly contrasting. He says, for what was made glorious had no glory in this respect. What? Because of the glory that excels. So when he says, when you compare what God is doing now and what God did then, he says, there's no comparison. This is not to diminish what God did. No, we can never do that. What God did was glorious. But he says, if you uh, juxtapose the two, that is, lay them side by side and look at them. He says, if you should do that, the, the, the old it says, as though it had no glory, yet it did have glory. But it says, this glory is so amazing and, and uh, otherworldly and expressive of God that it's as though this didn't have glory. Wow. So that's why you and I can overcome. We talk about this is how I fight my battles. This is how I fight my battles. But by believing what God says, by having faith in what God says, and, and this is the glory that excels. You have the glory that excels, supersedes, goes beyond in your life. That is the words of God and what he has done for you in and through Jesus Christ. You now have not God outside, uh, now, I, 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 I like the idea of God traveling with Israel. I mean, that was an amazing reality. I mean, God walking up into the camp day and night, you know, with Israel. That's marvelous. Or God being overhead um, during the day in a pillar of cloud to keep them cool and, and comfortable in the desert. And, and at night, he's a pillar of fire over their head and, and uh, keeping them warm in the desert cold at night. That was amazing. Or God talking to your leader on the mountain? Glorious. Or are you seeing God come down and, and he shakes the mountain and it burns with, with great fire and smoke there? That's wow. I mean, when you, I remember the movie, The Ten Commandments, we were just went, wow, wow, wow. We were dazed. But he says, it, compared to what you have, that was no glory at all. Wow. My, my mom, a number of years ago, I said to mom, I said, oh, mom, I wish I were born in your day. You know, of course, if I'd been born in her day, I would have been a son. But uh, I said, mom, I wish I were born in your day. I said, there were so many great things that happened. And she said, no, no, baby, no, baby. Your day is better. What she meant was comparatively that this uh, revelation of God, of the Lord Jesus, is progressively better, getting better and better and better and better. And we are understanding who we are more and more and more. We are understanding it deeper and deeper and deeper, going higher and higher. That's what this is about. And I want you to really uh, get hold of what I am saying to you today. He says, Paul says, let me read verse 10 again, and I'll read verses 10 and 11. For even what was made glorious had no glory in this respect because of the glory that excels. Now, you are the glory that excels. This, yes, yes, yes. It doesn't matter how you feel. That's who you are. It says, for if, for if what is passing away was glorious. We could even say, for since what was passing away was glorious, what remains? You are what remains. The church is what remains. Is much more glorious, much more glorious. Now, I'm going to continue um, because uh, Paul, I wanted to say as I continue, Paul contrasts ministry of death and ministry of the Spirit. So the old economy was a ministry of death. Men, uh, it, it was always dealing with death, even the sacrifices, death, death, death. Men died. They, uh, they had a fear of death all their lifetime. 
And it's, it's contrasted with the ministry of the Spirit. So the ministry of the Spirit is the ministry of life. And, and Paul also contrasts uh, the old with the new, the, calls it the ministry of condemnation. Men were condemned. Uh, you were condemned. You, you do this, you're condemned. You're condemned. Condemned sinners, sinners, sinners. It's compared now or contrasted with the ministry of righteousness. The, the ministry of righteousness. Remember in Romans seven twelve, where Paul says to us, the law is holy. Sometimes people get confused when we t teach on this. They think that the law was bad. No, the law wasn't bad. People were bad. And, and the law now is holy, and the commandment is holy, just, and good. So that means that what God said to man, thou shalt not do this, that was a good thing. But what the law did, it showed man how exceedingly sinful man is, or man was, and man, man also is. It showed how exceedingly sinful. So what the law did was it showed you, you are a bad person. And what does that mean? It, you can say something to somebody, you're bad, and that person will feel worthless, and like, I, have, I, can't, I, just, I can't do it, I can't do what I need to do, I can't make it. But the, but the law was showing us how bad we were, so that we would run to God. That's why Jesus came. So when Jesus came, Israel should have been ready for God. But they were not. They didn't learn anything. They didn't learn anything. And, and may I say, say sadly that many in our churches haven't learned very much, and some haven't learned anything. Because they, they go to church and they say, yes, but. Yes, but. Yes, but. Well, take the but out of it. Yes. Yes. Say yes to God. So Paul contrasts ministry of death, ministry of the Spirit. Spirit, spirit much greater. Spirit overcomes death. The ministry of condemnation, that is, you're bad, you're bad, you're bad. Don't, don't, don't. To the ministry of righteousness, Christ in you. Wow. Now let's, let's look at Romans chapter 8, uh, the first four verses as we continue. And then we'll go to 2 Corinthians 3.12. Romans 8, 1 through 4 says... There is therefore now no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus, who do not walk according to the flesh, but according to the Spirit. For the law of the Spirit of life in Christ Jesus has made me free from the law of sin and death. For what the law could not do in that it was weak through the flesh, God did by sending his own Son in the likeness of sinful flesh on account of sin. He, God, condemned sin in the flesh that the righteous requirements of the law might be fulfilled in us who do not walk according to the flesh, but according to the Spirit. Now let me just explain that a little bit because we're talking about the glory that excels. I want you to today at the end of this message to know that God has given you and made you the glory that excels. Here you and I are having been terrible sinners, enemies of God, doing things that are contrary to God, and now we are forgiven totally forgiven and now have the spirit of the one we hated, the one we disobeyed, disavowed, now living in us. Now we are sons of God. Now we are free from sin. That is, sin has no mastery over us. That's glory. That now those of us who spoke against God are now uh, praising God with the same mouth. Now that it's sanctified, now and we ourselves are to the praise of his glory. That's the church. The church is amazing, powerful. Don't look at the world and be envious. No, you are, as it were, the envy of the world, of the whole uh, system. 
listen, we stop. Paul in, in, in uh, Romans 8 says, if there is therefore now no condemnation. What he's saying is that old economy has no rule over you to those who are in Christ Jesus. It can't touch you. You're in Christ. Christ is greater than, than that. You see, the, the ministry of the Spirit is much greater than the ministry of death. He says, those of us who do not walk according to the flesh, I don't think Paul is saying that, okay, you don't do this and you don't do that. He is saying, you do not walk having confidence in the old economy. You are not walking in the flesh as a natural and a mere man, but you are now walking according to the Spirit. Why? Because you have now received the ministry of the Spirit. He's saying the ministry of the Spirit is much greater. So there's therefore now no con condemnation. For what the law, for the law of the Spirit of life, now listen to what he's talking about. He says the law of the Spirit of life in Christ Jesus has made you free from the law of sin and death. So then the, the law of sin and death, the condemnation is not yours. So he says, don't accept condemnation. Wow. This is amazing. The church is the glory of God in the earth. We must be that. And let me just say it. I'm going to say it that we have to stop taking our cues from, from natural men. Even though they're our leaders, we respect them. You know, even with this COVID-19, we've, we've been respecting our leaders and we're listening to them. But when it, it's time to go back to church, I follow the Holy Spirit. I follow the Holy Spirit. I urge you to follow the Holy Spirit and never say to me, your pastor, that I think we ought to follow the, the, the commands that are coming from Austin or Washington, D.C. I'm sorry. I will do that. I'm, I'm not a rebel. I will do that if the Holy Spirit says, go ahead, son, and do that. Right? Go ahead, son, and do that. I was talking to a friend of mine. And uh, we were talking about Jesus, and I, you know, I'm a Jesus man. I love Jesus, Jesus, Jesus in the morning, Jesus at noon, Jesus at supper time, Jesus when I go to bed, Jesus when I wake up in the middle of the night. This is Jesus. I, I love him, and I'm trying to show you what Jesus has done for you, and it cannot be undone. I was telling this friend of mine, I said, you know, people say, well, when Mary told Jesus in John chapter 2 uh, to, to, to do something, and Jesus listened to her, I said, I don't think so. I don't think so. Jesus, the Father, uh, told Jesus to, uh, to do that because he, would, he only did what the Father told him to do. My friend, uh, one of the ministers here, uh, Brother Stan, he says, well, Pastor, I think it was like this. I think when, when Mary told Jesus to do something and Jesus was saying, my hour's not come, he said, God said, hey, son, listen to your mama. <laughs> So anyway, uh, so the righteous requirement of the law uh, might be fulfilled in us who do not walk after the old economy, but according to the spirit. Now, remember in 2 Corinthians 5.21, where the scripture says, for he, God, made him who knew no sin to become sin for us, that we might become the righteousness of God in him. Now, in him, in Christ, we might become the righteousness of God in him. This is so big for the church to know, not just to know mentally, but to know it deeply within the heart so they will walk in it and stop being sad sacks, all right? Sad sacks, all right. Now, let's go to the verse that I, start, I started with. In Second uh, Corinthians chapter 3, verse 12 says, Therefore, since we have such hope. Now, what hope? What? That, that the ministry of, 
of, uh, of the Spirit is greater than the ministry of death, that the ministry of righteousness is greater than the ministry of condemnation. So he says, we've got this hope. We've got this amazing expectation of God. God is amazing, is what Paul is saying. He said, we use great boldness of speech. So I'm saying to those of us who are in the audience today, you can be bold too, not presumptuously, not just presuming, but you can be bold by saying what God says of you. He says you're more than a conqueror. You're more than a conqueror. It doesn't matter if you're a 90-pound weakling in the flesh. You're more. So do, do at whatever God says. He says we have great boldness. We use great boldness of speech unlike Moses. This is huge. Moses was perhaps the greatest figure in the Old Testament. He was, he was uh, the top of the, of the three or the five greatest uh, leaders in the Old Testament. Unlike Moses. He said we're unlike Moses who put a veil over his face so that the children of Israel could not steadily look at the end of what was passing away. He, he put a veil because he didn't want them to know that this was passing glory. It was a prophetic thing too. It was passing glory because God was showing in that system what he wanted to do finally in, in, in finality with us. We are what God was after. We are a great part of that. This is huge. And so people of the church of Jesus Christ do not hang your head down. Do not, as it were, hang your harps on the willow tree know what God has for you he says that was passing away but their minds were blinded they could not steadily look at what was passing away verse 14 but their minds were blinded their minds were blinded for until this day the same veil listen remains unlifted in the reading of the Old Testament why why Paul what would you say that because the veil is taken away in Christ, done away with, removed in Christ. So that means that your understanding, if, if today, if you have a poor understanding or don't have an understanding of God, that means that you're not in the church because when you turn to the Lord Jesus, then the veil is removed by the Holy Spirit. You don't have to move, remove it. When Moses would go to talk to God, he would pull the veil off. And when he would come, go to talk to the people, he'd put the veil on. But when you and I talk to God, we talk to God with unveiled face. That's huge. That's the glory of the church. I want you to understand what God has done for you. You don't deserve. You could never deserve if you could live from this moment throughout a, a thousand, a trillion years, a trillion years. You wouldn't be able to deserve it. That's the goodness of God. Let me, let me continue. He says, verse 15, but even to this day when Moses is read, a veil lies on their heart. Nevertheless, when one turns to the Lord, the veil is taken away. It's removed. And then he says something so powerful in verse 17, which argues for the divinity of Jesus Christ. And if somebody says to you that Jesus was just a man, reject it. And Brother Bryant was teaching that in his class this morning uh, on Zoom. Verse 17 says, now the Lord is the Spirit. Now the Lord is the Spirit, and where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty, there's freedom. There's freedom from the law, there's freedom from fleshly commandments. Not to do whatever you want to do, but freedom to live a life of righteousness, enabled by the power of the Holy Spirit. And when the Holy Spirit came into you, Jesus came, for he lives in you by his Spirit. By his Spirit. Verse 18, it brings it home. But we all with unveiled face. Now you and I, the church, is unveiled with unveiled face, beholding as in a mirror the glory of the Lord 
are being transformed into the same image from glory to glory. This is the New King James. We are being transformed, beholding as in a mirror, uh, the, the glory of the Lord are being transformed into the same image, not just to reflect it, but to have it innately, to have the glory within us that radiates outward, that emanates from us. Wow. The NIV says we are, we are being transformed into the same image with ever increasing glory, with ever increasing glory, ever. Now, now that, that's, that's overwhelming to my mind, but the NIV says, no, the glory that you are experiencing, it's not going to be static. It's not going to remain the same, but it will be ever increasing. That's what God has done for us. He has brought us into union with himself. That's the church. To him be glory in the church throughout all generations forever and ever. Amen. The ESV says, from one degree of glory to another degree of glory, just as by the Spirit of the Lord, we are being changed, metamorphosed, transfigured. The same word that, that is used for Jesus when he was on the Mount of Transfiguration with Peter, James, and John, and Moses and Elijah came. He was changed, and that's, the Bible is saying we are being changed in like manner to be like our Lord. The Spirit transforms us. When we read and we study God's Word, the Spirit transforms us. When you look into the Word of God and you read the Word of God, you believe the Word of God, you're preaching, you're hearing the preaching of the Word of God, and whatever's coming to you, you're being changed. If you're not being changed, something's wrong. Something's wrong. Paul tells us in 1 Corinthians 13, 12, for we now see in a mirror dimly, but then face to face, we're going to have a face to face encounter with Jesus and the Father. Jesus is taking the church to a face to face encounter where no man has ever gone before. This is huge. Don't look at the things around you. Don't be lackadaisical, uninterested, knowing that God has something great for you. You and I, are going to one day be fully, we're going to know as we are fully known. Paul says, I know in part, but then I shall know fully. I will know completely, even as I have been fully known by God. This is what God wants to say to you. May the Lord bless you today. If you're in this audience today and you have not come to Jesus, I want you to come to Jesus. And this is what I want you to do. I want you to just admit that you're a sinner and that you need a Savior and that Savior is Jesus Christ. And do not be afraid of the church. There's a visible church and there's a true church. The true church is like God. The visible church is doing crazy things. And some of the leaders in the visible church do not have God's best interest at heart, but their own. But there are those of us who, who have God's interest and we serve God's purpose. And if you want to be a part of that church, not the, not the church where people say damnable things. I've heard leaders around our nation say damnable things. They have large congregations. And I say, come out from among them and be separate and God will receive you. Yes, I said that. And God will receive you. For there's a church like the one I've just described. And if you want to be a part of that church, I would like 
to say to you right now, the Bible teaches us that if you will confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, you will be saved. So confess Jesus and say, Jesus, come into my heart, be my life, and he will save you. The Bible goes on to say, for with a heart one believes unto righteousness, the righteousness that God wants to give you. And with a mouth confession is made unto salvation. For the scripture says, whoever believes on him will not be put to shame. God will not allow you to be put to shame. I want to bless you in the name of Jesus and say I love you. Sister Marvel loves you. We're here at the fellowship, the eldership here. We love you and uh, we're here for you. So if you've, if you've uh, come to Jesus today, I want you to write us. Uh, go to that uh, web address and you write us uh, or you just make a comment on, on Facebook Live. Just make sure that we know. May God be with you and I'll be back shortly.